Jesus said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God, and you say this with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want you to listen real, real carefully now as I tell you a story that came to me years and years ago when I was a little boy. I'm going to wait till this little fellow straightens up right here. Okay. See, I'm not going to put up with any of that. Okay, doke. God bless you. We love you, but don't you do that anymore. Years and years ago, I heard this story that I want to pass on to you tonight. Out in this countryside, there were three trees growing. These three trees began to talk to each other. And they began to tell each other what they wanted to do with their lives. One of the trees said, you know the greatest ambition I have for my life is to become a cradle that a little baby can be cradled in. And I'm hoping that someday somebody will come to this hillside and will cut me down and will take my wood and carve me into some beautiful cradle that can rock maybe a king. The years went by. That tree grew and grew and grew, and one day they came out to the forest. They whacked away at that tree. They took it down, and they took it over near a cave. They began to split it up and split it up, and they put it together. And instead of it being something beautiful, some polished, beautiful cradle, they just stuck it together roughly and made it so they could put hay in it inside this cave for the animals to eat out of. And one night, while the animals were lowing and the sheep were outside and the, sun, the stars were shining, all of a sudden there came a wonderful thing. A lady and a man came into that cave and that lady gave birth to a little baby. The baby was placed in that rough manger. That tree that had wanted more than anything to become an instrument to cradle a king was sort of upset because it had been crudely and roughly put together and put in a cave. But now it began to understand that the purpose for its life was to cradle a little baby. And strange things happened that night as shepherds came to worship. And later, some wise men came to bring gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Boys and girls, who was that little baby? Let's say his name, Jesus. 
And there was another tree out in the woods. And that other tree said, you know, the one thing that I want to be more than anything else is a stately ship. I'm hoping that someday men will come along and cut me up and make a beautiful ship that can go out to sea. The years went by and that tree was cut down. And instead of making it into a beautiful ship, they took it over by a sea named Galilee. And they worked on it and hacked it up and some rough fishermen came along and bent it and put it all together and they made a fishing boat out of it. That fishing boat was put out on the sea. One day, there was an unusual man that got into that fishing boat. And as he walked out, as they went out on the sea, this man began to say to the winds and the waves that were dis- disturbing the sea because there was a great storm, peace be still. And that little boat made of the wood from a tree out in the forest, the tree that had wanted to be some stately ship, that little boat began to realize that it had on board the one and only one to whom the waves and the winds would listen to. What was his name? Let's say it together. There was another tree. That tree was out in the woods. He had said to the others, you know, the one thing that I want to do more than anything else, the one that I want to be, the one thing that I want to accomplish in life is to just stand here on this hillside and point men to God. Many of us have had the experience of going by a hillside and we've seen a tree with its tower pointing heavenward and we've stood in awe and wonder as we've seen that tree pointing heavenward. And this tree said, the one thing I want to accomplish in life, the one thing is to stand on a hillside and point people to God. But one day they came out to that forest and some rude, rough, crude men hacked away at that tree. They tore it down and they took it into the capital city of that community. And they began to whack it all to pieces and they made a board this way. They put another board this way and that tree said to itself, I'm not standing on a hillside pointing anybody to God. They're making me into a form of an execution. They're making me into a cross. The tree recoiled against the idea of somebody coming to die on it. And then they took that tree out to a hillside named Golgotha. And there between heaven and earth, they took this same man who was the little baby in the cradle. This same one who had gone out on the Sea of Galilee in that boat and had stilled the winds and the waves. They took him, they nailed him to an old rugged cross. That cross that had been made out of the tree that said, I want to stand on a hillside and point men to Jesus, to God. They made of that tree a cross and the Lord died on that cross. Who was his, what was his name? Jesus, Jesus died on that cross. For years and years and years, 
The Christians didn't have what we call Christmas trees. They would remember the birth of Jesus, but they felt like it was not very important to remember this date. They rather remembered the day of his death on the cross, his resurrection from the grave. But the pagans in those days had a holiday. It was on December 25th, and they worshiped the sun god, the solar disk. And it came to the minds and hearts of some Christians to say, while the pagan world is out there worshiping the sun god, we who are Christians ought to be worshiping the sun of righteousness. Let's have a special day when they're worshiping the sun god, when we meet in honor of the birth of him who was born king. And so they began to meet on December 25th, Christmas, to remember the one who died on a cross for their sins. And then they said, we need something that will symbolize his death on the cross. We need something that can symbolize that wonderful experience of Jesus' death for our sins. And so they went out to the woods and they cut a tree. And they took that tree and they put it in the city square. And they called it a Christmas tree. And they said, we like that tree because it reminds us of seven things about the Lord. Number one, we like it because it's beautiful. And so they decided to put lights on it. They lighted that Christmas tree. They said, we want the tree to remind us of Jesus, the light of the world. He was beautiful. He went to the cross and he bore our sins in his own body for us that we might be saved. The first thing that tree reminds us of is how beautiful Jesus is. And how beautiful it is in our lives since Christ has come to live in our lives. Secondly, we want to decorate that tree, put all the tinsel and all the balls and the lights on it because Christ is something beautiful. And he has caused us to have lives that are worth living, decorated before the world. No longer are we tawdry and cheap and useless and worthless, but when Jesus comes into our life, he can make the tawdriest, the ugliest, the cheapest thing something beautiful. Did not he say to that woman taken in adultery, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Adulterers have been forgiven and cleansed from their adultery. Drunkards have been forgiven and cleansed from their drinking. Murderers have been forgiven and cleansed from their murder. All kinds of sins have been changed and cleansed. And in Christ, we can be put on display before the world as something beautiful. And do you know, boys and girls, there's not one person here tonight who can say, my life is all that it ought to be. We have sin in our lives, don't we? Yeah. Every one of us. And you know your mothers and daddies have sin in their lives too. And your grandma and grandpa and your aunts and uncles and everyone who is here, we have sin in our lives. And only Jesus can make this tawdry, ugly, cheap, 
life of ours something beautiful. And so the Christians said, we want a Christmas tree to remind us of how beautiful God can make our lives. Thirdly, they said we put lights on the Christmas tree to remind us that Jesus is the light of the world and how dark it is in this world without Jesus. In that Lottie Moon story tonight, we saw how dismally dark China was in their understanding of God and how dark a world is without God until they understand the light of the world, Jesus. Fourthly, they said, we want a green tree. We're going to go out in the woods and cut it down and make it green because that green is a type of life eternal. It reminds us that we do not have to be dead when we die. All these precious young boys and girls here tonight, they're on the threshold of life. Some of the others here tonight, our hair growing gray, the years slipping by, reminding us that we're not as pretty as we once were, we're not as strong as we once were, not, not as handsome as once we were. And you know, we're getting closer to the end of our own life. But when Jesus comes in, He can make our life green again and remind us that we can live forever. Boys and girls, when Jesus comes into our life, He reminds us that we can have eternal life and we can live forever. We don't ever have to die. We'll go on living forever with Jesus. Fifthly, they said, we want that tree because it's shaped sort of like a pyramid. You'll notice the tree shaped as a pyramid. It points to heaven. It points men to Christ. The top of that tree points all directions upward toward heaven. It does not turn the other way. We don't ever hang a tree upside down. We hang it this way. Why? You say, well, it's the right way to go. Why is it the right way to go? The reason is because all nature points to God. And when we go out and cut a Christmas tree and we put it in our homes, if we rightly remember what it stands for, it points to Christ, the light of the world. And that's what this tree reminds us of and points us of to tonight. And sixthly, they said, we want a tree because we know that when we take the tree down, after it's been up a few weeks or a few days, it's all ugly and its bristles are so stickly and pointed that they hurt us when we touch them. And you can't use it for anything, you just have to throw it away, it's ugly. And that reminds us of how Jesus really did die for our sins. And listen, don't let anybody kid you. When Jesus died on the cross, it was an ugly sight. Ugly, terrible. Wasn't anything beautiful about it. Isaiah 53 says, we beheld him and there was nothing about him that would draw us to him. His visage was marred more than anyone had ever been marred. You could hardly look on him. It would make you sick to look at him. That's what Jesus did for you and me. He took our sins and he died for us. The Christmas tree is an ugly thing when we're through with it. 
when all that has been done with it can be done with it and we take it down, it's ugly. It's nothing, it's good for nothing but to be thrown out. You know that's the way it was with Jesus. When Jesus had done all that he could do for us at the cross, he died and it was an ugly thing. It was so ugly, as a matter of fact, that the sun wouldn't even shine. It was so ugly that the earth began to tremble and everybody standing around got scared to death and they ran off in every direction. And Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus begged for the body of Jesus and they took it over and buried it. He did that for you and me. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus had said what I quoted from the Bible a few moments ago. Jesus said, as Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Cursed is every man that hangs on a tree. Jesus took our curse in his own body and he died for us that we might not have to die and spend eternity in hell. And then the Christian said, we want a Christmas tree because it reminds us that that tree is useless unless we use it. All the trees that grow out in the forest won't decorate your home, won't do a thing for your home, it won't make this city more beautiful. It won't do a thing for your uh, place where you are unless you take that tree and take it home with you and make it yours. Right? How many of you have already gotten your Christmas tree and you have it at home with you? Look at that, see? Now listen, put your hands down. Did you know that that tree growing out on a forest wouldn't mean a thing to you unless you took it to your home and made it personal? So it is with Jesus. Jesus won't mean a thing to you. We can sing about him. We can talk about him. You can hear a preacher preach about him. You can hear your bus pastors talk about him. You can hear mom and dad talk about him. But Jesus won't mean anything at all to you unless you invite him to come and live inside of you. Unless you say, Jesus, come into my heart. I need you. I want you. And when you do that, Christ will forgive you and he'll be your savior and your sin bearer. I believe there's some here tonight who would like to do that. Who would like to say, Lord Jesus, I want you in my heart. I want you to go home with me tonight. I want Christ to live in my heart. There's a mother or daddy here. There's a boy or girl here who'd like to say, I want Jesus in my heart. If you'll do that, he'll come in. Just like the Christmas tree won't mean anything to you unless you go out in the woods or go to a store somewhere and get one and bring it home. Jesus won't mean anything to you unless you let him come home with you and live in your heart. But you'll say, Brother Richard, how do you do that? How do you let Jesus come into your heart? Well, the Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting. And if you'll invite Jesus to come into your heart and live there, he'll come in tonight. You say, how do you do that? You just come to him like this. You fold your hands. You bow your head. And you say, Jesus, I need you. I know there's sin in my life. And I'm sorry for my sins. 
And I want to invite Jesus to come into my heart and save me right now. When you do that, he'll do it. Let's close our eyes real tight. Every eye closed, every head's bowed for a moment. Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me right now. I wonder if there's a mother or daddy, a son or daughter, who would say, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart and be my Savior tonight. God help me to do it. While we pray, right where you sit, would you just simply pray, Jesus, here's my life. I want to ask you to come into my heart tonight for Jesus' sake. Our Father, we pray thou wilt help boys and girls, men and women, to come to Jesus tonight. In Christ's name we pray. Now would you remain in prayer, just remain seated. I'm going to ask Brother Chuck to sing, Just as I am without one plea, But that thy blood was shed for me, No, O Lamb of God, I come. And every head bowed, every eye closed. Now boys and girls, I'm going to be standing down here at the front. If there's one person, a mother or daddy, son or daughter, who would like to say, I want Jesus in my heart. I want to give my heart to Christ tonight. I don't want to be lost. I want to invite Jesus to come into my heart. I want to ask you to come and stand by me. If you would like to have Jesus come into your heart tonight, you just get up from where you are and come and stand by me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Is there someone who would like to do that tonight? You want Jesus to come into your heart and be your personal Savior. You just get up and come and stand by me. Will you do it?